Hi, everybody. I'm recording this episode under a blanket in a hotel room, so you'll notice that in my voice. Today, I'm speaking with Giselle. Giselle is raising two young boys, and she wants to do things differently than her Dominican parents. In fact, she is actively changing other aspects of her life to support how she wants to parent, which is creating friction in the family. Let's get into it. I'm Giselle and I'm from the Bronx, and I call my parents dad and mommy. I'm a mom of two. I have a two-year-old, and I have a three-year-old, and a four-year-old who's about to be five next month. Now that I'm a mom, I see the way I'm raising my children. I understood a lot of all the things that I don't want to do because of how I was raised. I thought I wasn't enough. I was never, I will say I was never celebrated the way I celebrate my children. I don't want that for my kids. And I always said that I want to decolonize me and I want to decolonize my life. And the last year, I, I started to know my children more. When everything shut down and now we're here in this New York City apartment, <laughs> And they started to grow more and develop a personality. My four-year-old is autistic. And my little one is very, very artistic. He's always dressed with something. He's always with a hat. I knew about autism, but I didn't know about it on a personal level and a social level. Um, an autistic person told me, can you take your blackness away? And that hit me, you know, with Dominicans, we have something that has to do with race. We like, it's very complicated for us. So I was like, no, I cannot take my blackness away. He said, I cannot take my autism away. So I, I saw that and, and I was like, okay, that's the skin that he'll live in. So my job is to make sure he's grown to be proud of the skin that he'll live in. That made me start thinking, I'm like, Wait, Pera, they like, what am I doing? I cannot tell this child, be proud of your curly hair if I'm a straight in mind. I cannot tell him be proud of being very artistic if I'm, I don't dress the way I want to dress because I would be thinking what other people would think of me. What, what would my family think? My parents are boomers. They were born in the late 50s. So they were raised in war. It was for the time of invasion. My father lost his father. My, my dad was raised by priests. My parents didn't know how to be parents. And now I'm not like that. I'm not, I'm not raising my children to survive. We're not in war. We're not in invasions. We're not, we're not that poor. We, we're good. I don't care if you say that my children are not obediente. I'm not raising children to be obediente. No, why? I want them to express themselves, to tell me, no, mommy, I don't like that. I want this. I don't force my children to do things they don't want to. If they don't want to talk to you, I don't tell them to talk to nobody who want to talk. And my parents were not with it. They're like, oh, tu no mama criar. Gender was, I think, the biggest thing. My son, the small one, I bought him a kitchen set. My mother wasn't with it. She said, why are you buying him a kitchen set? that you're going to make him gay. Like, you know, so, and I had to 
stopped talking to them for a few months. I went nuclear. I was like, okay, if you guys not with it, I felt like que yo estaba contra la corriente. I was like against the current. They felt the same way. They were like, tú si eres rara. Why are you doing this? You're always against everything. Like, what can you just, just follow whatever the rules are? They're scared. They're still scared of raising their voice. No matter how much taxes they pay, no matter what they do in their lives, they still think that they have to be thankful for the things that they got. That's that imposter syndrome that we grow up with. We still don't think that we deserve what we get. And no, I don't want to raise my kids like that. Why? And now my father just brought my son some new tea set. He comes and play tea. My mother, they buy them costumes. And, and she did say it. She said that she come around now. And also she respect my boundaries and my thing. Before she would be like, and now she's like, okay, you want to have your hair curly and do braids? She said, oh, you look beautiful. But it took, it, and it was hard for me because, you know, you're my parents, but I had to do it. I had to do it and we're happy and the kids are happier now. We're working on it. It's, it's a process. As a fellow Dominican mom of two boys, Giselle's story and her efforts to raise confident and happy kids hit home. How can first gens like us reimagine our parenting, even if some of us don't have the best blueprint from our own childhood? To help us figure it out, I called in an expert. My name is Leslie Priscilla. I am the founder of Latinx Parenting. And Latinx Parenting is a bilingual organization that serves parents um, who identify as Latinx or Chicanx or having roots in Latin America. Um, and I run workshops, classes, different educational opportunities for parents who are wanting to break certain cycles um, of violence or harm that was done to them in their families. Um, but we do it in a way that actually honors our ancestors and honors the ways um, and the intentions of our ancestors and those that came before us. What did you hear in Giselle's story? First of all, I loved her voice so much. I was just like, I could listen to her all day long. Um, and she talks about race in it. And I'm so glad that she did. She talks about her unique experience of raising a child who has special needs. You know, I left with a lot of hope. Like she has so much hope in healing her lineage and in, um, you know, the ways that she wants to do things with her children. She talks about the pressures that she's experienced and how she's strongly confronting that, right? And, and being very confident. And so I'm like, you know, this is an ideal parent right? This ideally, you would have that reflection that would um, take into account all of those pressures. And then you would still boldly go forward and raise your child in ways that are connecting. And so that's what I really enjoyed about hearing Giselle. Were there themes that popped up for you that you also hear in your work? Yes, definitely. One of the things that she said that I hear very frequently is wanting him to express himself, right? Mm. And so that comes up because so many of us were raised not being able to express ourselves. And that is a brave thing, I think, for a parent to think about the ways that they were raised, to know that, you know, a lot of times we were not allowed to say no to our parents. We were not allowed to state what our needs are. We were not allowed to express. And so when Giselle says, I want him to express himself, I want him to, um, you know, be autonomous and be a sovereign being, I just found that very inspiring. And I hear that a lot. And that is really what carries this work forward. 
So is that part of her notion of decolonizing her parenting? Can you expand on on that thought? Yeah. And she says, you know, she doesn't say she just wants to decolonize her parenting. She says she wants to decolonize her life. And I find that so valuable because a lot of times we think that our parenting is separate from the rest of our life, right? And parenting has everything to do with every other aspect of our life. It's where our values come up. It's where um, the things that we're wanting to change come up. Um, and to me, decolonization is beyond, you know, giving our children that voice and that autonomy. It's also that reconnection to our needs as parents. It's also that reconnection to our bodies. And she references, um, you know, anti-Blackness in the U.S. And she references the way that her son has been treated and, you know, his skin color, wanting him to be really proud of that, right? And so I think that that is a really big aspect of decolonization as well in identifying all of the impacts and the effects that colonization has had on us and now rejecting that. Okay, I still want to understand a little bit more about how being colonized or having come from a colonized heritage impacts how you develop a sense of yourself and how you help your children develop a sense of themselves. Yeah. So when colonization began, mind you, colonization is not something that stopped um, ever. There are still many ways that we are continuously being colonized. But when colonization began, um, many of the indigenous peoples here practiced what I call gentle or nonviolent parenting, right? And so children collaborated with their elders, um, elders were valued, children were valued. And actually what ended up happening was that the people who came from Europe ended up bringing a lot of the practices that were oppressive to children. And so a lot of times when we think about like La Chancla or Cinto or ways that maybe we were parented in ways that were oppressive, we have to, you know, remember that this actually came from a history of colonization. And so decolonizing our parenting means to understand that, to have an awareness of the fact that this is actually not our culture, um, and to start treating children more the ways that our ancestors did pre-colonization, which was with respect, which was with honoring. Um, and so if we're doing that, then, you know, we can't ignore the fact that we have to do it with ourselves too, right? And so if we're trying to liberate our children from those oppressive thought patterns, oppressive, um, you know, ways of thinking about themselves or, or contingencies about whether they're valuable, then we have to begin doing that work with ourselves as well. I'm glad you mentioned chanclas because there's some really great memes <laughs> about chancla culture, but it's real. How do we identify it? And then how do we remove it from the ways that we parent and the ways that we also interact with our parents who are now watching us parent? I think one of the greatest things that we can do is remember ourselves as children, right? And so a lot of times when we hear people say, you know, La Chancla raised me or, you know, this is good for our culture and children need to learn right from wrong in this way. And I want to ask people to just do the very vulnerable work that it takes to remember ourselves as children actually getting hit with La Chancla, right? A lot of times our elders were trying to teach us respect um, through fear. And so a lot of the conversations that have to happen are around whether we learn to actually respect our elders because they respected us 
or did we learn to fear them, right? And a lot of a lot of us who have grown up still have this very uncomfortable feeling when we are around our parents or when we are around our tios, our tias. Um, and so that uncomfortable feeling prevents us from really being able to express ourselves, to be ourselves fully. And so ending chancla culture is to be able to um, identify that those things actually did not serve us, that we are not able to a lot of times advocate for what it is we need, cycles that come from, you know, they don't just come from La Chancla, they don't just come from this idea of corporal punishment, but La Chancla really represents everything that is oppressive, right? The ways that we are um, in relationship to others, not just our children, the ways that we talk to ourselves. And there's something I call like internalized chancletazos where I'm just like, you know, <laughs> the, the chancletazos that I give myself when I'm calling myself like a pendeja or like something that is disparaging or, you know, I don't think that I can uh, apply for this promotion because I'm not good enough. All of these messages around my my worth that sometimes those messages did come from our parents, right? And those messages came from their parents. And when it comes to our elders rejecting that, because a lot of times they're going to be very uncomfortable, you know, when we're telling them, I want to parent in a different way than you parented me. They may take it personally. They may say like, you know, Tú dices que fui mala madre. like you said, I'm a bad mother. You're saying I'm a bad father. That's not necessarily what we're saying. What we're saying is that even though you did your best, I think remembering myself as a child and still wanting to honor that part of myself um, makes me want to parent differently. All right, but let me ask you this because I have tried that whole mommy, I respect my children line with my mother. It didn't go well. So how without offending them, without questioning their sacrifices and without getting them to laugh in our faces, do we get our parents to see that we do need to change our paradigm around our kids? Yeah. One of the things that I have done that's been a really powerful beginning point for having these conversations with them is to center their inner child, right? So I center my mom's inner child. I ask her about her experiences. I say, mommy, cuando te pegaba tu mamá, you know, ¿cómo que sentías? And so if I'm connecting with that part of herself that still maybe is hurt, it's taken, it's been a process, right? Like it's been a process for her to do some of that reflection work and and to kind of you know, realize that a lot of resistance to my parenting or the ways that I want to be a more gentle, nonviolent parent actually stem from her wounds that come from the way that she was raised, right? And so the taking it personally, the um, feeling like when I am doing something different than she did, that that's a reflection on her and her value and her worth. Like that really has nothing to do with me, right? That has to do with how she feels about herself. And so when we're in those conversations, it's helpful for me to also not take personally and to say like, you're accusing me of offending you. And then it's this like big back and forth. All right, I have two final questions for you. The first one is, Giselle really set up some boundaries, like in very drastic ways. How can the rest of us who maybe are not as brave set up workable, realistic boundaries with our parents around how we parent? Yeah, I think that there are some things that should be non-negotiable, right? So I really also admire that confidence. And, and you're like, you know, you're not going to, for example, one of the boundaries I have is like you 
you're not going to lay hands on my child, right? In our culture, it's normal, um, at least like in my mother's generation, where aunts and uncles would be able to discipline you, you know, the neighbor would be able to discipline you because adults had that right. And so I think there are ways that we can set gentle boundaries. These are these are my firm ones, right? Like these are my firm ones, but you have to also think about like abuelas really want to connect with children too. And so the strategies around that, although they may look very differently than our strategies, some of them we can have flexibility on, right? So my kids might eat more sugar with my mom than they do with me. And I just have to realize like, okay, if they're going to have sugar with my mom, then that means that when they're back home with me, like I can't give them that, you know, lollipop or whatever that I would normally give them. And so just thinking about having limits that are more flexible because we're all kind of interacting as inner children with inner children. Like, how would I treat my mom? How would I treat my dad? As if todavía fuera un niño, you know, as if they were still a child. How can I approach it in a gentle way? And, and then checking in with them, right? Like, ask, not necessarily saying, like, these are my firm limits, but does that work for you? And I think this is an issue of communication a lot of times. Like, how are we communicating with them? Are we communicating our needs um, in a way that they're able to receive them? And if they're not able to receive any kind of limits, then at that point, we need to figure out whether it's even worth trying to have that flexibility. Where can people read more about ending chancla culture? Go to Latinx Parenting's Instagram page, um, sign up for our newsletter via our website, latinxparenting.org. We have a workshop coming up called Animanera, How to Set Respectful Boundaries with Other Adults in Your Parenting, which is going to talk about, you know, some of what we've talked about. Um, so by visiting our website or by going to our Instagram or our Facebook page and following us there. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. Leslie, thank you so much. Thank you, Juleka. This was such a treat. All right, let's recap what we learned from Leslie. Work on yourself. To dismantle chancla culture, begin by reflecting on your childhood experience and reconnect with your own needs as a parent. Center the inner child, yours, your parents, everyone's. Communicate your needs in a gentle way and be aware of your loved one's past wounds, emotions, and childhood experiences. And remember, create gentle boundaries. Set flexible limits that align with your values, but also let other family members participate in your children's lives in their own way. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor. I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Please follow us and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bye, everybody. Same place next week.